Yeah, I need a mic drop. Uh, I actually need some volunteers to read a couple of scriptures for me. Anybody, anybody. We'll start with you. You got your Bible, young lady? Um, I will give you Proverbs chapter 24, verse 10 through 13. Who else wants one? I see you back there. Uh, Romans chapter 12. Uh, verse 17. Romans chapter 12, verse 17. Praise God. Uh, through 21. Got that? Uh, who's next? I got two more. Look, she volunteering you. Uh, Proverbs 24, 10 through 13. Uh, Romans 12 back there. 12, 17 through 21. Yeah, I was reminding, reminding. Now the next one. Who's the next one? One more. Oh, Mr. Uh, right here. Uh, my little evangelist look, looking guy right here. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 34 through 35. And I got one more. Miss Yvonne. Praise God. Leviticus 19. Chapter 17. I mean, chapter 19, verse 17 through 18. Uh, and, and I'll call on you guys in a, in a minute. Uh, I do that in order to speed time up. Praise God. Good morning. How are y'all doing today? Man, this section's Good. crunk back here. Holy, holy roller section back there. Um, uh, all the uh, microphone issues we're having today is actually a blessing. Um, Pastor David Peden, when he came, he actually gave our church a new sound system. So we're we're working out the kinks uh, in that. So that's a blessing. I'm telling you, you get a chance to look back there. It's very, very blessed. Um, definitely thank him for coming. Um, and I hope y'all enjoyed his presence. Let's pray real quick. Are y'all are y'all ready? I was about to say, are you with me? Yeah. Uh, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you so much just for giving us the opportunity to come together and fellowship in your name, Lord God. We 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 praise you for everything you've done in this place, Lord. Uh, and we believe and we know that you're going to continue to move and do your will among us, Lord. And Teach us just to be your faithful and true servants, Lord, in everything we do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Uh, so what I want to speak about today, um, and if I'm too loud, tell me. Uh, I want you to understand that um, Jesus gave us a commission. He gave the whole church world a commission to go and make disciples of the nations. And I really feel like a lot of times we have failed in that area. Because um, to make a disciple is to make a um, to be a, a, a teacher and, and teach the things of Jesus Christ. To be a, a disciple of Jesus Christ is to learn the teachings of Jesus Christ. Right? Are y'all with me? Uh, and a lot of times in the church world, man, like it's just wild out here. 
Because everybody, you know, claims to be Christian, but very seldomly do you find people that actually follow the teachings of Jesus. Uh, and let me tell you, if, if we don't teach the teachings of Jesus, we have failed the Great Commission. Or, do you all understand what I'm saying? Uh, and it, and it's, it's definitely going to be my aim to uh, focus in on some of the things that Jesus taught, even though they're hard to understand. Sometimes. Definitely contrary to your flesh sometimes. But I feel like if you understand them, it'll help you walk in them. Uh, the title of this message might seem a little weird, but it is God is my or no, my Avenger is God. And uh, I hope that after this message, you understand some of uh, the teachings of Jesus a little bit better. You know, Jesus Christ says, I send you as sheep among the wolves. I know that don't sound fun. Doesn't sound like a great thing, right? I want to uh, start uh, in Luke chapter 9, verse 51. Luke chapter 9, verse 51. It says, now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Now, this is Jesus um, with a few of his disciples and they're on the way to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans. What? Praise God. Sean, go see what that is. I might as well wait because uh, uh, nobody's going to pay attention until after that. Fire over the... I think they're... Everything good? I think they're in the wrong place, guy. <laughs> they they look like they were looking for something in particular. They just gave me the wave. Yeah, they're going somewhere. Well, praise God. Woke y'all up. Praise God. Praise God. That's true. Uh, okay, now let's get back to our our scriptures. Verse 52. And he sent messengers before his face, and as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans. 
to prepare for him, but they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And here's why I brought you here. And it says, and when his disciples, James and John, the sons of thunder, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. So you got to see this in your mind. You know, you got Jesus. He's on his, on his way to the cross uh, in Jerusalem. And they're passing through this city uh, of the Samaritans in, in uh, they quote, uh, 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 and they're thinking on the scriptures of Elijah when the, the Samaritans come to get Elijah. Elijah called down fire from heaven and consumed whole armies. And each time they would come and try to get him and he'd call down fire again. Boom, 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 until the final people came to him and they came in bowing, saying, Sir Elijah, Lord, don't kill me. Don't kill me and my... And we're talking about whole legions of people. So this is the scripture that they were meditating on. They're like, Lord... Should we call down fire out of heaven like Elijah did against these Samaritans? Just like Elijah did, right? And Jesus tells them, you don't know what... He said, well, first he says he rebukes them. He says, you don't know what manner of spirit you are. Jesus did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And sometimes, you know, I feel like we miss a lot of the... uh teachings of Jesus, and we don't understand that, dude, we're still in this dispensation of grace. Our mission here is to uh, save the lost, to preach the gospel, make disciples of the nations. We also are not here to destroy men's lives. Are you with me? And Jesus says, uh, I send you as sheep among the wolves. And how many know Jesus also said that the world hated me, so it's going to hate you also. But be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. Luke chapter 6, verse 24. I want to, te- I want to show you some of the teachings of Jesus real quick. He says, but I say to you here, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who spitefully use you. That's some tough stuff, right? He says, to him who strikes you on the cheek, on one cheek, offer the other one also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. 
And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be the sons of the Most High. For He is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father is also merciful. Now, I know I said some things right there that is really hard to take in. But we have to understand that being children of God, we are to be like God. And God is long-suffering towards us. Aren't you glad that God didn't exercise vengeance on you immediately when you messed up or made a mistake? Our God is very long-suffering. Long-suffering to the point that He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And we are His ambassadors and ministers on this earth to present people the Spirit of God. We're... uh, 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 Intermediary, oh my goodness, I can't say the word. Uh, Intermediary, mediators between heaven and earth. Listen, with the Spirit of Christ, we have the actual ability, like we've learned in the past couple of weeks here, to access the throne room of heaven. And we ought to pray for those who spitefully use us. This is not, this is contrary to your flesh. Are you with me? But we are to intercede for them. And we are to intercede for the world. The world is not going to be like Jesus Christ. They're going to hate you. But to be children of the Father, right? We humble ourselves and pray for those who hate us. We pray for those who spitefully use us. We do not avenge ourselves. But we leave place for the wrath of God. And God Himself will avenge us. And the thing about this is, is sometimes that vengeance is immediate. And sometimes that vengeance is long awaited. And in the flesh we feel like justice is not served sometimes. And we have to understand that God will judge all men. Some of the Prophets were killed. Some of the people were murdered and they're called martyrs for Christ centuries ago. And all that's being stored up for the wrath and judgment for that day to come. Are you understand what I'm saying? Everything will get its just reward. Your obligation and your duty is to end up on the right side of that judgment. You understand what I'm saying? And uh, I really want you to understand these things because as we travel through this world, dude, people are going to attack you. They're going to offend you. They're going to spitefully use you. They're going to treat you wrong. And in your eyes, man, like the whole world's against you sometimes. Sometimes that's all in your head. Other times there's really a, a spirit that just don't like you. And uh, even even those, you have to realize that we don't war with flesh and blood. Are you with me? 
but spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. So we pray. We pray for our enemies. We pray for those who hate us. We pray for those who spitefully use us. And it's some hard things to understand unless you understand that God Himself will avenge you. He will make everything right that is wrong. Might not even be in your lifetime. That's what stinks sometimes. We don't get to see it, right? But the truth be told, you shouldn't want to see anybody's downfall. You understand? But you should want to see them come to the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ and turn. How much more greater is it when you see somebody that was so evil and wicked turn to the Lord and become good and holy and righteous and loving and peaceful and humble? Man, that's ten times greater. Do you understand? All right, my scripture readers, you got the mic? Uh, go ahead and read a few scriptures. Uh, read yours. If he faint in the day of... This is Proverbs 24, 10 through 13. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Deliver those who are drawn toward death and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, surely we did not know this, does not he who weighs the hearts consider it? He who keeps your soul, does he not know it? And he will not render to each man according to his deeds. My son, eat honey because it is good, and the honeycomb which is sweet to your taste. Uh, go ahead, read your scripture, bro. Romans chapter 12, verse 17 through 21. Oh, uh, you want to bring in that mic? or You don't need it, praise God. Praise God. Uh, Deuteronomy, was that you, bro? Deuteronomy, uh, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 34 through 35. And Miss Yvonne, you got that next one right. Leviticus 19, 17 through 18. That's the Old Testament. Um, this is also the Old Testament. Leviticus 19, verse 17. 
Praise God. Well, and I'm going to tell you, this subject is so deep. It's all it's all throughout the Bible. I'm talking all the way through it. There's so many scriptures, like 50, and I wasn't about to bring all 50 scriptures to you for you to understand. Uh, how many knows the, the commandments of Jesus Christ are, are not optional? You know, we think, well, I have a right to uh, be bitter. I have a right to be angry. But Jesus says, forgive. And uh, I, I found that, uh, you know, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard sometimes. And God has to heal your heart. But you have to choose to forgive. You have to choose to let those things go. Look, when I was young, man, you nothing was coming by me, buddy. You know what I'm saying? I spent my whole young life fighting. You're going to ask my mom. It's just amazing. Like I couldn't let anything go. Then I got a little bit older and I got a little bit tired. I started letting stuff go. I'm like, oh, I ain't got time for this. Then when I got really older, I began to learn the ways of God. I let everything go. I'm trying to get that thing off of me as fast as it comes. The offense, uh, uh, you know, whatever, whatever happens. Praise God, take that back. Because why? Even your prayers uh, will be hindered for an argument with your wife. We are intercessors to God. We cannot live as the world lives. Do you understand? Some people are stuck in places and they don't realize it. why the, the grace of God and the favor of God and all these things are not on their life. And it's because they're not listening to the teachings of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Uh, and I'm no expert, but I tell you what, I've learned to be quick to repent. I've learned to be quick to ask myself, is this what God wants? Or is this what Daniel Jenkins wants? I've been, I've been quick to, to, to understand that people are just not uh, Jesus Christ yet. And, you know, they uh, persecute you. They do all these things. But they just don't know the Lord like they're supposed to know the Lord. We've got to go around and make disciples and teach people the ways of Jesus Christ. Uh, and uh, I'm going to keep reading real quick uh, in Luke chapter 6, and now I'm on verse 37. It says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. That right there is enough for you to understand. This is how God works, see. Because the same measure you use against the whole entire world is the same measure that will be used back to you. That's something. So in other words, if, and this is the teachings of Jesus Christ, uh, how many knows if, 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 you, if you need mercy, you better show mercy. You're kicking against the goads, my friend. You're kicking against the goats. If you if you uh, need forgiveness, you better show some forgiveness. Do you understand? Is this too much? I mean, I'm just telling you what it says. We are called to be like sheep among the wolves. Let me tell you something. The devil will sit right here in this church with us. Tear you down, beat you up, whatever he can do, he's going to do. Pray for him. You see what I'm saying? Uh, so many people don't even go to church because they're wounded by church people. 
And sometimes it's, it's a shame to even have to be called a Christian when everybody else is called a Christian. And they're just as hateful and evil as the devil himself. Don't care about nobody but their self. Tear everything down. They don't care what God is building. They'll tear it down with their mouth overnight. They don't care. Man, the church world is full of this. Why? Because we have a lot of people who claim to be Christian. But they don't live and listen to the teachings of Jesus Christ. Because if they did, they would know. Hey, be slow to speak. Quick to listen. Praise God. They would be understanding. I need to forgive. They would be uh, quick to repent and turn away from the things. And look, dude, I'm not the best at it. One thing with me that I wish that God would change in me this year is that I would talk less, man. Praise God I talk so much. And how many, how many knows, man, like, gosh, after I'm done talking and saying this or saying that, I'm like, man, why did I say that? I found it so much better just not to say anything. Let me tell you, a lot of your thoughts are, are wrong. And uh, let me tell you, I feel like people are plotting on me a lot. And I realize half the time I'm just crazy. And the enemy is playing with me. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the enemy will play games with your, with your mind. Man, I know it's the wisest thing to, to let your emotions subside, to let things subside before you even say one word, man. Praise God. You know, I need, uh, I need help and grace. The best I can do because I speak so quick is repent. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but after a while, you get to where uh, uh, you start thinking about the things you're saying. Because a lot of times, you know, the, the Bible says that, that, that your words uh, uh, is a very powerful thing. It's a world of iniquity. He who can uh, contain his mouth can bridle his whole body. It's a it's a a, a little member that's set up among your members that, that sets the whole world on fire. What a little fire it kindles. Well, that thing will burn something down quick. That's why uh, James teaches us, you know, be slow to speak. Number one, you don't want to find yourself fighting against God. I don't. I'm going to tell you, I've learned a lot of lessons the hard way. That's why. That's why now I'm like, Lord, I don't want no. I don't. I ain't got no problem with you. I ain't got no problem with you. I love you. Praise God. I love you. Praise God. Because I got tired of kicking against the goals and I realized that it's my own self bringing all of this hard times against me. And let me tell you, my mouth, it's got me in a lot of trouble my whole life. So now I'm just trying to practice this wisdom. See, I know it. Now I'm trying to apply it, right? Uh, so let me keep going real quick. And he spoke this parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher. Somebody say a disciple is not above his teacher. But everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. You know, a disciple is a student, a learner, a pupil. It's not just, you know, Jesus, uh, the Christian life is not just a set of beliefs, you know, it's a way of life. Are y'all with me? And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but you do not perceive the plank that is in your own eye? Man, this is this is something. Or how can you say to your brother, brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye when you yourselves do not see the plank that is in your own eye? 
He calls them hypocrites. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So this is why I kept reading for this very scripture right here. It says, but why do you call me Lord? Lord. Why do you call Jesus Lord and not do what he says? He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house and dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vermintly against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation. Against which the stream, somebody say that stream beat permanently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Jesus says, he who hears these sayings of mine, all the sayings I've just told you, and does them, I will liken him to a man who has built his house on a rock. And uh, he builds this house on a rock and everything that comes against it Man, it can't even shake it, he said. It was built on the rock. But those who hear these words of mine and do not do what I'm telling them to do, man, that storm's going to come and they're going to fall. Because they're not disciples of Christ. They're not listening to the teachings of Christ. Are you? Do you understand? That's Jesus' own words. Why do you call me Lord and not do what I say? You know, we're in this thing to make disciples, you know. The truth is, I mean, if, if we can make 10,000 converts, that's one thing. But if we can raise two disciples, praise God, we did a great thing. Because disciples make disciples. Are you with me? Do you understand? So, of course, I wanted to uh, go to the story of David. And, you know, I'm always speaking about David, and I, I just can't help it. Uh, praise God, there is so much uh, good stuff in the story of David. And uh, I'm not going to tell you the whole story because it would be literally impossible. But I do want to give you a, a, a small background, and uh, I'm going to be in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 24. You got to understand that um, God had chose Saul before David even come into the picture. Saul's family was quote unquote royalty in this time. David was nothing but a little shepherd boy. You understand? And David uh, was chosen by God for his part. And uh, you know, once God removed the spirit from Saul, it was replaced with a distressing. Spirit. 
That distressing spirit hated David. How many knows it's spiritual wickedness? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it ain't people. It's just spiritual wickedness. But listen, that spirit, oh, it persecuted David. Are you with me? He was so insane because, look, he hated David because he knew David was going to take over the throne. He, he, he sensed the presence of God and it drove Saul crazy. Are y'all with me? Do y'all understand that? Because Saul once had that spirit. Uh, and, and, and half of the uh, book of 1 Samuel is about Saul trying to kill David. Saul, who was God's anointed and chosen king, was trying to kill David, who God also chose and anointed as king in his place. You know, and he conspired against David so many times. I mean, time after time after time. If there was anybody in the world that deserved to hate somebody, David deserved to hate Saul. Look, let me tell you, from the very beginning, uh, listen, Saul done told David, hey, look, I will give you one of my daughters to marry. This is what you need to do. You need to go uh, bring me the foreskins of 100 Philistines. And the, and the Bible says right there under that story, it says he desired that his hand would not be against David, but that he would fall by the sword of the Philistines. And you know, David, anointed by God, comes back with 200. You see what I'm saying? And uh, the funny thing was, David never wished ill against Saul, ever. But Saul couldn't stand David. Uh, and, and, and he thought he was going to be slick and work his way around uh, Leviticus uh, like she read and Deuteronomy like he read. He's like, well, it won't be my hand against them. It'll be the Philistines, right? I mean, we do stuff like that, too. We, we try to um, fulfill the, the things of God, but in our heart, we're still evil. Do you understand? Uh, we, we do things and we have all these ulterior motives of why we do it, but you look real good. Like, and that's how, that's how, you know, that's how I've seen it when I see that. Like, he, uh, his heart was to kill David. Are y'all, do y'all understand what I'm saying? Uh, but he was trying to let the Philistines do it. So after all that, he did all that, and then uh, Saul even took his daughter and married her to another man. She, you know, it, it's all this stuff, and then he's just trying to kill David all of his life. Uh, and he's chasing David down, and there's several occasions where uh, Saul attempts to come get David, and uh, every every person he sent, as soon as they get to where David is, they start prophesying and couldn't do anything but prophesy. And he did this three times. Like, he would send another uh, people out there to get him. They would just prophesy by the Spirit of the Lord. And then, finally, Saul himself comes out there, and he falls out prophesying. And that's when the proverb is spoke about him. What is Saul among the prophets? It says he stripped off his clothes and laid there naked, drove him crazy. How many knows God wouldn't let him touch David? Uh, and so I wanted to get you to this place uh, and, and kind of just tell you that story for a second. Uh, if you will, join me with 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 11. Because this is the reason I brought you here. So at this point... David uh, then got tracked down and uh, Saul knew the exact place in which he was at. And uh, he enters this cave to handle his business, the Bible says. Uh, whatever business that was. And he didn't realize that David and his men 
were hiding in that cave. And uh, so that day, the Bible says that God delivered Saul into his hands, to the hands of David. And David's men was telling him, he's like, hey, you need to go kill him. God has delivered him into your hands. So this is the counsel he's getting. Uh, and, and David said, God forbid that I touch the Lord's anointed. And how many knows the story? He come and he cuts the corner off of uh, Saul's robe. And Saul don't even have an idea. Uh, and, and how many knows the Bible says that it hurt his heart because he had uh, cut, cut, cut Saul's coat. Man, somebody said that's some... That's a good heart right there, right? Yeah, because, uh, I mean, he had the opportunity to kill him. Not only did he not kill him, it hurt his heart that he cut his coat. Uh, then he comes out of the cave. And he says, Saul, see, I had the opportunity to kill you. And God delivered you into my hands this day. But I wish no ill against you. You know, and Saul, blinded by his anger and jealousy and this spirit that was on him, this distressing spirit. Uh, so here's the, the comment. This is what I want you to see. Uh, let's start with verse 12. It says, let the Lord judge between you and me. And let the Lord avenge me on you. Now, this is David speaking to Saul. But my hand shall not be against you. As the proverb of the ancient says, wickedness proceeds from the wicked, but my hand shall not be against you. And after whom has the king of Israel come out? Whom do you pursue? A dead dog? This is how David regarded himself. Just a little nobody. A, a, a flea? A dead dog? A flea? Therefore the Lord judge. The Lord be judge. And judge between you and me. And see and plead my case. And deliver, deliver me out of your hand. So it was when David had finished speaking these words to Saul. That Saul said, is this your voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. Then he said to David, you are more righteous than I. And you have rewarded me with good. Whereas I have rewarded you with evil. And you have sworn this day, or you have shown this day how you have dwelt well with me. For when the Lord delivered me into your hand, you did not kill me. For if a man finds his enemy, will he let him get away safely? Therefore, may the Lord reward you with good for what you have done to me this day. Somebody say, now I know. This is Saul speaking. He says, now I know indeed that you shall surely be king. And that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. I know that's a lot of reading. But there's a few things I want you to recognize. David understood the kingdom of God. David understood that it'll be God who will judge between me and you. And as you see, after Saul had chased him his whole life, God actually, according to the scriptures, delivered Saul into his hand. And David with such a good heart, refused to even harm him. And what did it do? It, it, it caused Saul to realize, you are ten times more righteous than me. You know, you're a better man than I am, right? 
And uh, he says, I know for sure now that you will be the king of Israel. And how many knows, like, this is the heart that David had of why God chose David. Because this is the kind of man he was. Do you understand? Uh, how many knows what uh, 1 Samuel chapter 25 said? And this is the kicker, because this is 1 Samuel chapter 24. 1 Samuel chapter 25 is a whole other story that follows. And it lets you see David's, uh, his side, how he can be quick to swap, right? It's the story of Nabal. Have y'all ever heard of Nabal? Anyway, uh, so right after this story, David is on his way and um, he sends some men to the house of Nabal because he had protected Nabal's sheep and uh, allowed them, every, everybody... Uh, was protected by David, and he he sent to Nabal and 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 told him like, man, hey, send my army some food, you know, and we're thirsty and uh, you know, whatever. And and Nabal just completely disregarded it. Like, who is David? Is he the king of Israel that I should listen to him? Right. Uh, and so David gets this word back, and then that one calm, cool, and uh, chill David, when he gets this word, he says. Man, I'm raising my right hand. If anybody in his house lives by tomorrow, <laughs> anybody in that house lives by tomorrow, God do unto so unto me. And so you see that real quickly, you know, his whole mood swapped. And uh, he was about to go kill everybody in that house. And let me let me tell you, when people make vows back then, they mean it, right? They don't just uh say it and then tomorrow they're like, okay. No, they make vows and they do it. Even the wicked people did. It's very weird. They were extremely zealous about their vow. But what God did is He sent Nabal's wife to bring and intercede for Nabal. And he uh and she come and bows down at David's feet and gives him all this stuff and he's like, I know you're gonna be the king of Israel and excuse my husband Nabal. You know uh, and, and I want to read what, what David's response is to that. And that's uh, 1 Samuel chapter 25, verse 12. Then David said to Abigail, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me. Who sent her? The Lord God of Israel sent her to David to meet me. And blessed is your advice. And blessed are you because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and avenging myself with my own hand. For indeed, as the Lord God of Israel lives, who has kept me back from hurting you, unless you had hurried and come to meet me surely by morning light, no male would have been left in the house of Nabal. So David received from her hand what she had brought to him and said to her, Go up in peace. To your house. See, I have heeded your voice and respected your person. Um, now, when Abigail went to Nabal, he was told nothing. He was feasting in his house like a feast of a king, and Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunk. Therefore, she told him nothing, little or much, until morning light. So it was in the morning. When the wine had gone from Nabal and his wife had told him these things, that his heart died within him. 
and he became like a stone. Then it happened after about ten days, the Lord struck Nabal and he died. So what I'm telling you right now is God interceded from David from causing You see how it just flopped real quick overnight. Like the next story, you know, he's ready to uh, fight and binge himself again. But David was quick to recognize. Do you understand? Oh, the Lord God of Israel has sent you to stop me from shedding blood and avenging myself on these people. And he was quick to humble himself. Are y'all with me? Do y'all understand that? He was quick to see it and quick to humble himself. But I I, want to teach you these things because if you understand that God is a just God, we're, we're, we're far from God sometimes in our, in our ways of how we treat one another and how we don't understand. But God is a, a just God. Every evil and recompense against you, He will avenge for you. And Jesus has called us to be sheep among wolves. He's called us to minister and trust that God is the Lord. That God will avenge us and God will give due Justice. Now, it is our job to understand, you know, to forgive, to let go quickly, to uh, uh, pray for those who spitefully use us. That's the teachings of Jesus. You know, you want breakthrough in your life. When's the last time you prayed for your enemies? You know, today's a good day. Today's a good day in our time to understand this. I see people like supposed to be Christian left and right. All they do is fight and argue. Oh, goodness. If it's not something, it's something else. Are you with me? But that's not even Christian. It's not even Christian at all. We need to learn the teachings of Jesus Christ and be like Christ. Every disciple who is properly trained will be like Jesus. Went all the way to the cross, didn't even give a defense for himself. But at the end of the day, he said, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. And, and, you know, Jesus himself, he sends us as sheep among the wolves. And I'm going to end with this, but I need you to understand that we have a real God. Uh, there's many times in my life where I have been scared. And I've recently heard a testimony from somebody else, uh, very similar to the same thing, to where I have been in a situation to where... Death is right on the the horizon. I promise you, look, one time I prayed that God would make me invisible. (laughs) You think I'm lying. Uh, And, you know, as weird as that sounds, uh, I don't think that I was actually invisible. But something he did blinded the person from seeing who I was. I mean, I've got many rivals in in life that in, in the past that would, you know, really want to do me some harm. Right. And for a long time, I'm like, you know, you know, today, you know, I'll be in, I was in jail and this is why I'm telling this story. Uh, sometimes there's situations you just can't avoid. But what I'm telling you is God is faithful. Uh, and I don't want to go too deep into the story, but pretty much the very guy that I was like not wanting to come across, how many knows they, they called my name and God did this on purpose to show me something. I know he did. And, uh, you know, when you're going to court in jail, like they'll chain you to somebody else. 
what is the chances? I'm talking about out of 60 people that I get chained dead up to the guy that I'm praying to God, please let me be invisible. What is the chances? Sure enough, I'm the last one out. And as soon as I round that corner, my heart sank. I'm like, oh, because we got a long blind walk up up the stairs where no guards are there. Like we're we're going. You know what I'm saying? It's just I'm chained. We're we're there. And uh man, I'm telling you, as soon as I looked around that door, my heart sank, and I'm like, oh my god. I said, all right, God, this is on you. And uh they chained me to him. I I swear he didn't even know who I was. And I knew, I, I promise you, I knew at that moment that God had heard my prayer. And uh, there's several stories like this. You know, when I was in prison and in jail, one of the things that I would pray was, was God. Because, like, you get put in these situations, you get scared. Because you don't really know. You know, you don't know what's going on. Like, um, I mean, there's killers in there, you know. Like, you know, they don't even want to fight sometimes. They just want to stab you, Period. Uh, and one of my, my things that I would always pray was, God, please make peace. But if not, make me the best at war. Praise God. Can I get some favor? You know what I'm saying? How many want to know how many fights I actually got into in jail or in prison or any of that? Zero. And let me tell you, that's, that's, that's something. That's something. God protected me. God heard my prayers. God knew my heart. It was not evil. I didn't want to cause harm. I didn't want to uh, do anybody wrong. So what am I telling you? I'm telling you that we have a God who is our defender. Now, He didn't just fall out blind and struck dead or fall over a heart attack or anything like that. Even better, He didn't even know I was there. To this day, I don't know where He is. Probably in the federal penitentiary somewhere. And I'm just chilling, you know. But what am I telling you this for? We want to be found on the right side of God. And at all costs, we humble ourselves. We pray for those who spitefully use us. We pray for our enemies. Sometimes you might just have to pray that you go invisible. And you'll be surprised what God can do. Are you with me? But it's our objective to trust that God can do. God will do. And if He doesn't, praise God. I mean... Uh, there's a whole long list of martyrs who uh, God is storing up that wrath for the day of judgment. At the end of the day, they're still going to get there. Are you with me? God says, I send you as sheep among the wolves. Harmless. Wise as serpents. Gentle as doves. How many knows it takes faith? It takes faith to trust in God. You know, uh, but when you when you grow in the Lord, you realize that God is your avenger. And your your job is to pray, to forgive, to be like Jesus Christ in this earth. Are you all with me? All right. Uh, now, if we can master these things, dude, we'll be a church on fire. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we, we wonder why the spirit of God is blocked half the time. Dude, if you argue with your wife, it'll hinder your prayer. Now, some of y'all need to go. Apologize today. Humble yourself. Are you with me? Even if you're not in the wrong. Make peace. Because it's not worth the presence of God. You're sacrificing more than you know. 
Are you with me? Have mercy on others and God will have mercy on you. Judge not and you won't be judged. Hello? Whatever measure you use to somebody else, it'll be measured back to you. Ain't you tired of kicking against the goats? I'm trying to tell you, and see, we, we, Jesus is telling us all these things, and if we would just listen to Him, God knows best. How many times has hatred got you anywhere? How many times has uh, fighting and arguing and defending yourself got you somewhere? You feel better for a second, but it ain't going to get you nowhere. But I tell you what will get you somewhere. When you humble yourself. When you pray for your enemies. When you pray for people who, who use you and uh, curse you and you bless them anyway. That will get you somewhere. Because the Bible says that uh, he who humbles himself, God will exalt. This is uh, biblical wisdom. It's true wisdom. So, uh, I hope you got something out of that. And I'm sorry if it's all over the place. But, man, just understand, like, man, God is on our side, dude. He who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. Do you understand? We have a good, good Father. Now, He's got mercy. Mercy and grace. Long suffering. But at the end of the day, He's going to get His judgment. Do you understand? What's your job? Be found on the right side of that judgment. What David say? God will be the judge between me and you. But my hand will not be against you. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pray for you. Are you with me? You understand? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you so much just for the opportunity to come together as a family and lift up your name, Lord. We pray that you just uh, put a zeal in our heart to know your word, Lord God, and to obey your voice and uh, let you be our shepherd and our, our uh, discipler and our teacher, Lord, and raise us up in your spirit, Lord God. Whatever's going on in, in people's hearts, Lord, right now, I pray that you just bring it to light so that they can uh, confess it and remove it and uh, flow in your spirit again. I pray that you just bring healing to the brokenhearted and anoint the minds in this room, Lord God, and online, Lord God, that they would heal from whatever wounds they've suffered and give all those stripes to you. I pray that you teach us to walk as you walk in this earth. And I pray that your spirit will go with us in every and all situations. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.